Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Small businesses bring Utah together. They inspire goodness and connect communities. These are their stories from Mighty Main Street, brought to you by the Utah Office of Tourism and Visit Salt Lake. Here's our host, Chris Redgrave, on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Mighty Main Street, the faces and places of Utah. This show features interviews with our small business community that create our Utah job market. We're supported by Utah Office of Tourism and Visit Salt Lake. I have Scott Evans with me, owner of Pago Restaurant. It's a Pago Restaurant Group. Is that correct, Scott? Yeah, it's Pago and Finca Restaurant. And I am, uh, I'm looking forward to talking to you about this because you've had some extraordinary growth. And I know that things have been a bit of a challenge, so I want to know what you're doing. Scott, give us an idea of what's going on with the Pago Restaurant Group right now. Pago Restaurant Group was a group of five restaurants with uh, primarily with my family as partners and operators. And we have... Just as a smart future growth strategy, we've kind of separated the group a little bit and divided it amongst the partners. And now at this point, I am, you know, the sole owner operator of Pago and Finca Restaurant and the other restaurants are still uh, operated by uh, the other partners. And, and is that going well? I mean, it makes sense for everybody. Everybody yeah. is left intact. Yeah, no, it was really, you know, trying to make the tough decisions to get past, you know, whatever comes up from uh, the pandemic and just the uncertainty of sales and things like that. So for us, it was probably wouldn't have prompted that change without the circumstances. But just like always in the restaurant business, you just kind of make the best decisions you can with what's in front of you and, and try to protect as many jobs and and the business as much as you can. And that's that was really what brought us to this place right now, which so far that's been been a good decision, a good strategy. Well, I think it makes all the sense in the world, Scott. You know, a lot of, um, if you just take a look around, and I know you know this, especially being a restaurateur yourself, is that we had quite a few restaurant groups, and some of them right in the ninth and ninth area where Pago is, that were yeah. really starting to branch out. You know, you have publics, yeah. and, and uh, you know, they were kind of uh, straddling over three and four five locations, which is what you do. When your restaurant takes yeah, off, you start yeah, to multiply. Exactly. And so people were, um, and that's the word, they were just straddled over these operations. So that makes sense to me. And it doesn't preclude you from starting to open up another, if you want to do another tap house or something similar to that, or mm-hmm. another tavern that you could do it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, opportunities are coming around again. And, you know, we're just cautiously holding back for now. And, you know, we're really just just trying to be conservative in, in that sense. And there's just so much uncertainty with the winter time. Like we've really fortunate we had a uh, you know really strong considering you know everything's relevant now to the to the constraints and seating capacity we have but we had a really strong summer and fall with our patio seating at Pago and Finca which both had 
larger pat well medium to larger size patios and now we're just trying to strategize to get creative for winter you know solutions and you know we've invested a lot of propane and heaters and fire pits and and partially enclosing some of our patios and, and just just strategizing to get through the next chunk of time. You were brought to us by Visit Salt Lake, and that's one of the partners of Mighty Main Street along with Utah Office of Tourism. And uh, the executive, the uh, CEO, Caitlin Eskelson, is driving an initiative uh, for restaurants right now, and they're using some of the state's uh, Safe in Utah and some of the CARES Act money to really help our restaurants in downtown. Well, and you're part of it. I mean, you're Pargo. You're right yeah. at ninth and ninth with coming up with some really cool enclosures. So they're doing some great partnerships. They're getting some funding. And this is brand spanking new. So I just got to have a meeting just a few minutes ago. And uh, so more to more information along those lines. But if I were you, I would be in touch with them and find out what opportunities could be available for you because you're, you're the Pago restaurant is, and only is it a great restaurant. They're location's phenomenal, but you're tucked in and you've got some space there. Uh, that space at your patio to the side, that can really give yeah. you some outdoor dining space, which is going to be critical to get through our winter. It does, yeah. And and uh, we've actually, it's been a big part of the success for our summer is just that there's been a lot of support with the city, Salt Lake City, Good. and GoEd and all the grants and loans. You know, I've, I'm thankful I have a business degree because I've been able to utilize it quite a bit and <laughs> filling out paperwork and applying for grants. And, and it's great that those resources are available. And, and I look forward to constant support from from uh, our state and and city just to help, you know, not just our restaurant, but all of us get through it. Because I, I truly believe we all will, but not without lots of creativity and effort and support from both the community and everyone the state as well. I'm so glad you said that, Scott. Um, you know, I, I really, I just feel so fortunate to be in Utah. If we're going to go through a challenging time like this, I'm glad it's here. Uh, we have Absolutely. such a fiscally responsible group up on the Hill and and led by GoEd and our governor and everybody else, really making sure that they took care of our local business community. And it's it's critical because, uh, and especially, you know, and this the restaurant business, are you kidding me? Our restaurant and nightlife business, <laughs> I mean, it drives yeah. our economy. This is, we visit Salt Lake mm-hmm. as a, they're really big into what they support our conventions and they support the Salt Lake County. And, uh, and so this is, you're a part of that landscape. So you're critically important. Um, Scott, how did you get in the business? I know, did you, would you opened up in the, in the, 2000, what was it? 2009 was my first restaurant, Pago. And yeah, so I essentially stayed in Utah. The long story short, I decided to grow up in Utah and fell in love with uh, snowboarding in the mountains and uh, just naturally got a job in the evening so I could play in the mountains all day as I was going through college. And and eventually just at some point became, kept becoming promoted to a manager and I think it was around 1999 is when I decided to commit to managing restaurants and then getting a, a master's of business and writing a business plan and raising some money to open up my first one. But it was just honestly 20, 30 years of working in every position, dishwashing, cook, busser, host, um, server, manager, um, and then eventually managing in some great establishments like the Grand America and up at Stein Erickson Lodge and with the squatters group as well. So just kind of Try to do, get learn as much as I can, travel the world, be inspired by food and wine, and come back to my hometown after continually leaving every year and return to try to add my own touch of what I wanted to, to, to kind of share with my experiences. 
you have that beautiful experience, restaurant background experience, and then you top that off with your MBA. That's impressive. Yeah, Are you still family oriented? I mean, family owned, operated, and then do you stay in touch with your other partners and just yeah, kind of join yeah, together, share ideas? Absolutely. Yeah, we're still, you know, highly collaborative between the owners. It's It was three, you know, primarily just one family, uh, my sister and brother-in-law. That was the bulk of the partnership. And one of the entities had another family that was a part of it as well. And we're all in touch on good terms and, and really trying to support each other getting through this, but just going our, you know, operating individually now. And so, yeah, things are great on that front. Lots of support. And my two restaurants, just a, the newest one, Finca, on 15th and 15th, it's tucked in between King's English and Maza. Great and location. I love it. It's really hard to find, but it makes it really nice to dine because it's just a tucked back, lovely patio, um, really charming cottage um, that you can dine in as well. And that's 1513 South, 1500 East in Salt Lake. And then our first restaurant was uh, Ago, 9th and 9th. It's 878 South, 9th East. Perfect. Uh, both of the websites, com and com. if you want Perfect. to look at our menus and find out what we're doing. Great. And then get a reservation. Scott Evans, yes, thank course. you so much with the uh, the Pago Restaurant Group. We appreciate your time. Thank you. You hang in there. Know that Visit Salt Lake and Utah Office of, of Tourism is supporting you. And there's another cool program that's going on right now to help with outside uh, enclosures. So stay tuned with them. And uh, let's make sure that you have a, a decent winter. And then we're going to come right out of this. Okay? Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for your support. Check out our interviews in the podcast page of KSLNewsRadio.com. I'm host Chris Redgrave. We're coming right back on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.